trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's Hello again everybody and welcome back to Card Advantage I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is your other faithful host, Rich Rich, how are things tonight? Things are pretty good Well you know Rich, we are not alone we are joined by those other voices in my head because it is time for another edition of Flavorcast. So we are joined by your other, other faithful hosts, Mike from the Manipool and CJ from JudgeCast. How are you guys? Pretty good. I'm great. Great. I'm just glad that your other voice, Steve, he's a mean drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he is. That's fair. Sorry about that. He'll, he'll pay for the damages. No, he won't. He won't at all. He'll say he will, but it's a lie. He's drunk. Yeah. So, it is time once again for some flavor cast, uh, your almost monthly dose of, uh, the, the storyline, the backstories, the characters, all the, all the flavorful goodness that magic has to offer. The stuff wizard teases us with but never gives us what we want. Yeah, they never give us enough. But will, will there ever be enough? Isn't that the tragedy of it all? I, I will I say know. that today's Uncharted Realm story was so good. Oh yes, it absolutely was. It was. Uh, God, what was that actually called? Uh, today's Unchained and Unbroken. Yeah. Un, un, unbowed and Unbroken. Unbowed and Unbroken. Yeah. What are they going to Dorne? Was this? I'm like uh, way behind on these things. Yeah. So we're we're still catching up with uh, with Sarkin. And so this is, I, I guess, the completion of the Sarkin arc of stories. Uh, but I won't spoil it for anybody, and that's not what we're talking about tonight. So you folks go and read that. You can come back. You can just pause us. Okay, welcome back. There was no pause there because of truncate silence, but still. Uh, <laughs> that's really funny because you didn't physically pause because you knew truncate silence. Yeah, I knew. Pause in anyway. It wasn't gonna matter. I could. That's, I could sit that's here really funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> CJ, you keep breaking our fourth wall. People well, don't know these he things. broke the fourth wall by mentioning truncate silence in the first place, so I, I broke like the fifth now, wall. I was gonna say the funny thing is there are only so many people out there who got that joke and uh, or who could have gotten that joke, and even that subset. Some of them don't even know about Truncate Silence, and they don't use it. I know, because there are long silences in their podcasts. Yes. Uh, so, anyway, I still say, one of these days I'm going to do a show where I talk about making the show, and I will talk about all those tips and tricks, and all that jazz. But, that would take effort, and I don't have that in me this week. Instead, let's talk about flavor. <laughs> so, we are, just to put things in context, just in case people come back and listen to this podcast sometime in the future, this is episode number 87, if I'm not mistaken, and we are here towards the tail end of April in 2015. So, we've had Dragons of Tarkir has been released. Next month, Modern Masters 2015 drops, but we don't yet have many details for that. we got like five cards for that, but it doesn't really have much of a backstory. And we know very little about Magic Origins that's coming this summer. So, you know, we're we're ramping up to that. And in preparation for what I suspect is going to be a podcast where we talk about the backstories and histories of the five planeswalkers that will be featured in MTG Origins... We thought that maybe today we would turn our attention to some of the lesser-known planeswalkers. Not unknown, per se, but ones 
that you've seen on a card or two, but we haven't really fully fleshed out their backstory, or their backstory is completely tangential to the things we've talked about so far. The ones uh, Wizards doesn't care about anymore. Aww. Well, I, I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> let's say they're... All right, if you, all right, let's see here. Jace is on four cards. Yeah. Uh, Liliana's on, like, three. Uh, we have three Elspeth. Probably, we're going to get a third Gideon. we got, like, four of Johnny's. Um, Omnixilis is on three cards, buddy. This is true. It is. We got, uh, three Sark, four Sarkins now? One, two, three, three, four. There were two in this block. (laughs) So, I mean, there's, I mean, like, but, you know, there's ones that they just clearly don't care about anymore. It's it's the third, generally it's the ones from the third set. They just throw in there and then they're done with them. Yeah, thank (laughs) God we won't have third sets anymore. Yeah. Because this is our last third set, right? Yes, yes, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so there you go. It is a year of changes, but we're going to turn our attention to some of the lesser-known Planeswalkers. Uh, ones, again, like I said, you've heard of, but eh, haven't, haven't heard a lot about. So who would like to start us off with the worst Planeswalker ever printed? Um, I thought we were going to talk about Tibble first. Yeah, that, that's what I said. I don't oh, understand. I thought, I thought you were, I thought oh, you were well, going to talk about Domi Raid. Here, here, CJ, let me just, let me just pull up Gatherer here. Let me just double check Tybalt, make sure they haven't oracled him. I love Tybalt. You do? I'm Tibbly Dibbly. Alright, well. Dibbly Dibbly. Dibbly Dibbly, oh, Tibbly Dibbly. Uh, you know, it kind of feels like Tybalt was made by development and not created. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, development yes. was like, ah, we wanted to. <laughs> Two cost planeswalker and creative was like I I don't know so he's a he's a half devil half human which is in, unique we don't actually see a lot of devils in Magic at all except on Innistrad which is his home plane coincidentally enough oh no what Ew, never mind I was gonna ask like what kind of situation led to a half devil half human yeah like, yeah let's not never mind yeah, let's I, not, I, I think we all know what it's either gonna be gross or sad um so it's yeah gross. he is he's from Innistrad. And uh, he originally worked as a Skaberin. Uh, so you guys remember those Scabe zombies? Is that what they were called? Scabe? Scobs. Scobs, sorry. Yeah, uh, I said Scab. Huh. There's huh. two A's, that's really an ah sound. Yeah, but look, people don't pronounce things how they're written anyway. So I just picked one and ran with it. Yeah, it was too long ago for me to remember how I pronounced it. Uh, but that's, that's someone who basically uh, stitches dead people together to, I guess, later raise them as zombies. Uh, he worked as an apprentice for that. Yeah, not, not just for the heck of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's like arts and, it's like, you know, cross stitch. Yeah. I, I mean, no. Grim Grin is a work of art. Um, so he, but unfortunately he was like really bad at it, which I'm like, how do you mess that up? Like, how are you bad at that? But maybe I don't they look too nice. Yeah. <laughs> Came out just like looking for scene and it's like, stop. Um, <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Um, so he was really bad and he quit and out of frustration, he started kind of using the skills he learned there and applying them on living things. So starting with like vermin, but obviously working his way up to people cause he's half devil and that's what a half a devil will do. Um, eventually he wanted to kind of see the, uh, how much pain a living thing could take, I guess before it passes out. Kind of reminds me of Nin, the pain artist. Hmm. Yeah, another, they'd, they'd get along real well. Yeah, it's so, another random character. Except but. she was a torturer. She tortured people. Well, Tibble. I mean, Tibble's not he trying did, to get information out of them. He did. Yeah, he didn't do it for. I mean, he tortured them for the pure joy of hurting people. Whereas yeah. Then was more. She had a purpose to what she was doing. All right. Um. So obviously, this is on Innistrad, and people. I think this is this 
it may have been before Avicen was sealed away. It's not clear. Uh, but obviously people didn't take too quite kindly to this. So a bunch of inquisitors bust down his door and they cornered him. Um, at this time, a bunch of devils had kind of started to hang out around him because they liked what he was up to. Uh, and he cast some kind of devil spell. It's not really clear what. Uh, I'm not even sure where most of this information comes from, to be 100% honest. Uh, probably the Sorn versus Tybalt dual deck, maybe? Because hmm. uh, there certainly wasn't a short story about Tybalt, which is unfortunate. Uh, did it come from one of the Fat Pack inserts? Not the yeah, books that used to go, but I mean, like, like the... the uh... Yeah, there was a Fat Pack insert about him. Yeah, because that's that the only... He was a uh... giant douche. <laughs> <laughs> Like that and uh, dual decks. They're the only information I never find. So, um, But anyway, he cast some kind of devil spell, and the side effect of that spell was it made him feel all the pain that he had ever inflicted on others, which was a significant amount, and this ignited his spark. So he used that and to we escape. feel the pain by reading his card. Yeah. He's going to get a good card one day. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Tybalt was in fact the product of uh, design going, hey, how far can we push a planeswalker? Can we make a two mana planeswalker? And the answer is no. No, you can't. You, <laughs> well, you the did. answer is yes, they can't make a good one because okay. they made one. Yeah, that's that's true. Okay, they did make one. They probably shouldn't have. So I love Tybalt. He's, oh, he's okay, well, kind tell- of the mascot of my type four. <laughs> tell us about Tybalt the planeswalker. His, his I bought a foil version of him. He's dapper. He's well dressed. Uh, he is. He is dapper. I'll give you that. That um, foil version cost you uh, two dollars. He's a hand. Yes, it did. <laughs> 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 I think it was maybe three dollars tops. Uh, it was nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's not much about him as a planeswalker. He's still so obviously he left in a stride for a little bit, but he still comes back and visits, and he does it mostly just to be annoying to other people, like. Uh, the whole concept around the Soren versus Tybalt was Tybalt came back and saw Soren, uh, on his home plane and he's like, I'm just gonna be a jerk to this guy. That sounds like a pretty poor decision. Yeah, well, uh, he's Tybalt. That's what he does. <laughs> That's really it for Tybalt. I mean, until he's he saves... choices with his life? Yeah. Until he saves Zendikar, I don't think we'll hear much from him for a little bit. Oh, I don't think he's saving <laughs> Zendikar. There might not be another Tybalt card, because I think Sword might have cut his head off. <laughs> uh, but no, the, the, since we're talking about a Planeswalker who's only appeared on one card, how about if we talk about that card real quick? Oh, sure. I guess that's what you do on this podcast. Yeah, well, it is just, a card. Just, car, just gauge thing. how good the card is, because he bought it. It's Foil. Foil Mythic Planeswalker for $3. <laughs> Let's just gauge in the and bask in the glory of this card. <laughs> all right so this is tybalt the fiend blooded his only planeswalker card it costs two red mana so red red for a planeswalker tybalt comes in with two loyalties so two mana two loyalty just shock him get it over with here are his abilities plus one draw a card then discard a card at random oh that sounds great yeah it really should have been, it should have been the, the current red looting effect, which is discard a card, draw a card. That would have been fine. That would have been yeah, perfectly fine. And it didn't exist at that time, so that's a little unfair yeah, to say. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it would have been okay, but this, this is, this is terrible. Minus four, Tybalt the Fiend Blooded deals damage equal to the number of cards in target player's hand to that player. That's a good ability. It's, it's an okay effect. But, Except you have to discard two cards to get there. Yeah, I was going to say, you threw away two cards at random and spent two mana, and you're now on turn four? No, five in doing this, right? 
No, four. Well, five, yeah. five if you want to keep them alive. Which, why would you? And then minus six. Gain control of all creatures until end of turn. Untap them. They gain haste until end of turn. That's fine. That is a perfectly fine ability, but you're if never your getting there. Actually, if your opponent actually lets you get there, you deserve it. Yeah, totally. In all fairness, who targets Tybalt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, joke's on them, really. Yeah, I got I him most, up to I five ones. <laughs> he, he, he does have a community rating of two and a half. He is not the worst card on here. Oh, certainly not. Certainly not. But yeah, Probably the worst planeswalker. I, I suppose his other ability is uh, zero. Force your opponent to waste a card on this one that cost you two. Yeah, except that that one, that's not a real ability because no one will waste a card on him. Yeah. No one will attack him. Like we always, we always feel you can always play out Tybalt turn one, and no one's going to counter it. No one's going to attack it. He's a great thing. Me and my friends tried to tried to make a deck that Tybalt would work in, and it just <laughs> it, it didn't work. It has it has to be special. It has to be a deck where it likes to have cards in the graveyard. Doesn't oh, really matter which ones. We played with um, Scott Ruinator and stuff like that. It still is just, she was still just trash. See, no, that's because you're trying to do something specific. Like, um, I, I play him in a deck. I play him in a land destruction deck that wins with Magnavore. And all of the, except for, um, Tibble, all the non-creature spells are sorceries. So Magnavore is really big and Tibble just sits there randomly increasing the Magnavore count and then hits my opponent for damage with the middle abilities since they don't have lands and they can't cast their spells so their hand is full. Fair enough. I will say all of his art is really good. Yes. You know, it just occurred to me that a card that makes Tybalt significantly better if your opponent is playing the Tybalt, not you, and <laughs> not not you, is is waste not. Hmm. I suppose, yeah. Because your opponent's going to be discarding cards for absolutely no good reason. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's. That's all right. All right, let's let's move off of Tybalt. So, uh, hey, hey, Rich, I would like to remind you b- before we come to the next thing in this list, I'd like to remind you, Rich, that uh, this is a family-friendly podcast, <laughs> and there is no swearing on Card Advantage. You got a bleep button somewhere. What? What can you tell me about Tamiya? Boring. All right, great. That actually she is. She's from Kamigawa. She's one of the Saratomi. She got a spark, don't know how. She likes to learn stuff, so she goes around playing and learning stuff. End of story. No, no, we do know one other thing. And I don't even know where we heard this, but we do know it. That, uh, Tamiyo was on Innistrad, cause that's where she's from. She's from Avison Restored. She was on Innistrad studying the Hell Vault. No, no she, was she was studying, she was the, studying moon. the Moon. Oh, I thought she was she's studying the Hell Vault. No. Okay, no, well, the Hell Vault we well, is part of the moon. So. The Hell Vault is part of the moon, so I guess you could yeah. make that extension. But uh, everything I read on it, never, it's not, the Hell Vault was never mentioned. It was just learning about the moon and how it affects the creatures on Innistrad and the spells and Avacyn and just learning stuff to go back to the Oboro labor- library and put this stuff down and <laughs> go to the next plane to do it all over again. And, yeah, it's fun. She also has a fancy spyglass and a complete disregard for scrolls. I think the scrolls just float around her and they write stuff down for her. Ooh, that'd be convenient. It would be convenient. Yeah, so she's, we know nothing about Tamiyo's backstory. No, and I thought she, and she was such a good card. And I feel like they just kind of have wasted her character by just doing nothing with it. Well, return to Kamigawa. 
she'll be totally a major player in that. Uh, she costs five blue, and you took plus one and clues cries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you listen to this week's Monday Night Magic, you'll understand what, what crying is about. Oh, God. Because <laughs> that GP, oh, man, that legacy GP, those decks were terrible. So did you oh, yeah. Tamiyo or? I'm sorry, no, I was I was lost. I already I'll read Tamiyo. Tamiyo, it's Tamiyo the Moon Sage. He's three five five with a full with four loyalty. You have a plus one tap target permanent. It doesn't untap during its ne- controller's next untap step. Solid ability. Very solid. Draw two cards from, for each. Draw a card for each tap creature target player controls. That's the not minus, a, minus two. Minus it? two, yep. That's not a bad ability at all. Um, I've used nope. it a couple times. I pre- um, honestly, I prefer her plus by far, but. And she has minus eight. That's a lot. But man, is it worth it. <laughs> you get an emblem. You have no maximum hand size. And whenever a card is put to your graveyard from anywhere, you may return it to your hand. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, now, the interesting note about that one is. That uh, she was around with Manalik? Yeah. Don't don't remind me of the terrible times. But the interesting thing there is that second part of her emblem is in fact a triggered ability, and yes, you can miss that. Yeah. I don't I've never gotten her alt with, without my opponent just insta scooping to that. Oh yeah, because they're done. Yeah, for some reason my opponents weren't smart enough to realize how bad it was for me to get the emblem. So I'd be sitting yeah. there my my opponent would do something, I'd be like counterflux. I'm like, darn, play this. I'd be like, counterflux. <laughs> and then I would make a show of like putting it back into my hand after it goes to the graveyard. They're like, oh. <laughs> Did you ever oh. just turn it around so it was facing them? Your <laughs> hand? Oh, the one, the one time someone like didn't really scoop was, I said, okay, Tamu Ulth, Day of Judgment. And then I just mean, I didn't even do, I didn't even do the graveyard to my hand. I just bring it back to my hand because he knew, he knew what the Ulth did. He's like, oh, like, yep. Because I had to fail to drown your are, so I didn't need creatures. <laughs> and then he's like, you're going to do that next turn? I'm like, yep. And then he scooped. Yep. So, yeah, nice folks from Wizards who we're sure are probably not listening, but just in case they are, we would like to know more about Tamiyo. That'd be awesome. And have another Tamiyo card. Eh. I, I, I like this card. I liked I like the idea of that you get a Sour Tomy. Um, it's all cool because she's a crazy buddy lady. Yeah, how about if we have a crappy blue planeswalker? Can we have that? I'm kind of sad. That's kind of sad just thinking about her that the core sets won't be around anymore because I think she'd be a great core set planeswalker. She would be a great core set planeswalker. So that's Tamiyo. She's boring. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say boring, just unknown. We, we don't have any details. But what we do have is boring. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Alright, so from a, uh, uh, a boring planeswalker to, I think, a far more intriguing planeswalker. What do we know about Obnixilus? Yeah. So Obnixilus, he almost doesn't fit this category, honestly, because we know a bit about him. Uh, he used to be a lot more mysterious, because uh, he was first introduced in Zendikar as a uh, just a random demon whose flavor text mentioned that he was a planeswalker that lost its spark. And then all of the people like us were like, what? Who is he? And then we got all excited, and then we had to wait like three years to learn anything else. So what we know about Omnixilus, we know he's from some plane, like all planeswalkers. We don't know where. Uh, it was a plane that had a lot of war on it, um, and he was a great 
general. I don't know. He, he, he loved wars. Um, he's also a pre-mending planeswalker, which is a little interesting to me. Um, at some point, his spark ignited. I think it, I think he had something to do with whatever that task was that kind of killed all life on his original plane, which he's like, I guess that's the end goal. And, um, and that ignited his spark, which he then started traveling to different planes and being like, I'm just going to keep doing that because I'm Omnixilus and that's fun for me. Uh, eventually he found the chain veil of Liliana of the Veil fame, which is, do you think he wore it? It's kind of feminine. I, I was going to say, I can't imagine what that would... <laughs> maybe just put it around maybe. like his arm. Well, I mean, if, uh, if you're after power, you don't really care about the fashion. I just still... Uh, but eventually, well, might... as as ultimate powerful artifacts of unknown uh, origins happen to do, it turned him into a demon. So from here, it's a little muddy. I actually even read over one of his short stories again uh, right before it now to try to figure it out. But he went to Zendikar, and I'm not sure if uh, if he if like the chain veil was kind of pulling him to Zendikar, or if he just happened to end up on Zendikar. Uh, I know he wanted to go there to um, hopefully use the mana to cure him uh, from being a demon, but it's not 100% clear. And then something there made him lose his spark. And I've I've read a couple of things. I think though it was our old pal Nahiri, uh, the Lithomancer, who showed up and she made this hedron, put it in his forehead. And I think that might have been what made him lose his spark, but it also might have been the chain veil that made him lose his spark, or it may have been the quote-unquote wild mana of Zendikar. Something made him yeah, lose his spark. I remember reading something about this, too, and I I yeah. think it was Nahiri who didn't take away his spark, but locked it in a, in a hedron. So, yeah, so yeah, what Nahiri, like what I know Nahiri definitely did is with him as a demon, she definitely, I mean, she definitely put the hedron in his forehead, and uh, it weakened him a lot. Now, did it weaken him in such that he stopped being a planeswalker, or did it weaken him, you know, because he lost his wings? I don't know. Uh, or did but, it weaken him to the point where he just couldn't planeswalk anymore? Yeah, so it's, it's not too clear, but... Um, Are we sure he didn't lose his spark from the mending? Yeah, yes. Well, if that happened, <laughs> yes. I didn't mention it. I mean, he could have... He could have, I guess, landed on Zendikar, and then the mending happened, and he just attributes it to something else. But I don't think that's what made him lose his spark. I don't know if anyone lost their spark in the mending. It's not like the uh, Scarlet Witch, no more mutants thing. Uh, back, back, War, back to Marvel worst, cast. Sto- Marvel cast. Worst storyline ever. <laughs> um, but regardless, she put this thing in his head, and it kept him trapped on, plane, on Zendikar for at least 300 years. Uh, and eventually that thing was removed, actually in the Duels of the Planeswalkers 2015. Like, they actually started to have a little plot in there. Um, and it was removed so that it could be used to weaken Garrick, who's getting a little nuts, also on the Chain Veil. Um, and since then, Omnixilus has said that he's starting to feel stronger. Uh, he got flying back, so that's exciting for him. So we don't really know where, where he's going to go next, but I have a feeling Battle for Zendikar will touch on that. Hmm. I mean, that's where he is, so it'd be really weird not to mention him. That would be. Yeah. And I, when I read his his Planeswalker card, his name is Nixilis. Like, I wonder if Ob's like a title. No, it's his name. Uh, I can't remember who talked about it. Uh, it might have been Rosewater. It's just Planeswalker Ob. Sounds really stupid. <laughs> I 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. So does Planeswalker Domri. Hey, 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 hey. Michael hey. Bolas is Planeswalker Bolas. Yeah. Oh, like really? Michael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'll read, I'll read his card. Um, his Planeswalker card, which is a, uh, part of the, the Commander series where they were willing to print pre-mending Planeswalkers as Planeswalkers, which yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, Omnixilis of the Black Oath. Uh, he has three black black for three loyalty planeswalker. Plus two. Each opponent loses one life. You gain life equal to the life loss this way. Awesome ability. Yeah, that's probably pretty sweet in commander. Minus two. Put a five five black demon creature token with flying onto the battlefield and then you lose two life, but who cares because you have a five five black flying demon creature. Awesome ability. Yeah, that's sweet. And then minus eight, you get an emblem with one and a black, sacrifice a creature, you gain X life and draw X cards, or X is a sacrifice creature's power. Oh, that's adorable. Awesome ability. Yeah, you got all these demons now. And then also Obnixilis of the Black Oath can be your commander. Shenanigans. <laughs> I don't care about the Planeswalkers being the commander, but eh, I, I didn't. I don't think they should have printed free free mending Planeswalkers. But yeah, what do they care? Uh, did you want to talk about their other two cards? Uh, yeah, let's let's at least mention it because I I think if nothing else, there's a great little bit of flavor that uh, other folks have pointed out, but it, it bears mentioning. If you look at Obnixilus of the Black Oath, the Planeswalker card, it's obviously set in time prior to the mending, so this is the oldest image that we have of Obnixilus, uh, even though it's the newest printed card. If you then compare his look from there to his look as Obnixilus the Fallen, uh, it's pretty obvious that the like carapace of his demonness is the armor he was wearing. Yeah. Right. I also so, noticed that he's also, he's three black black and a three three as Obnixilus the Fallen, and he's three black black and three loyalty as the Black, Lo- black Oath. I wonder if that's just coincidence. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then he's... Nothing's coincidence in magic. And then he's four black black for his, his next one when he got his yeah. flying back. Because he's unshackled and he's a four four now. Yeah. Mm. Well, hey, let's start with, let's start with Obnixilus the Fallen. Okay. okay. So, uh, three black black for a legendary creature, demon. He's a three three. He has landfall, which was a great mechanic that I'm hoping we'll see again this fall. Ha <laughs> ha! Landfall. Ah, you're the worst. Uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may have target player lose three life. If you do, put three plus one plus one counters on Obnixilus the Fallen. So. Play a land, hurt you, he gets bigger. Mwaha. Yep, he gets bigger. He gets, he's real big. And believe it or not, his community rating, higher than Tybalt. So. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, what about the unshackled version? Somebody want to tell us about him? Um, it's four black black for a four four flying trampler. Uh, whenever an opponent searches his or her library, that player sacrifices a creature and loses ten life. <laughs> well, whenever another creature dies, put a plus one plus one counter on Obnixilus Unshackled. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like the uh the, the losing ten life when searching a library. That is hilarious. It's, it is hilarious. The uh, the only way I'd like it better is if it were uh, whenever whenever an opponent activates Sensei's Divining Top, that player loses the game. <laughs> so. Whenever a player looks at the top three cards of his library. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that takes care of Ponder and Brainstorm. <laughs> uh, oh, no, it doesn't do Brainstorm. No, but it does take care of Ponder. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's good. That's Ponder funny. doesn't search your library. 
I know, but uh, we were we were making the whenever you look at the top three cards of your library, you lose ten life. But why? Uh, because we hate ponder. Oh, but that's and, not how it works. And and brainstorm <laughs> and and sensei's divining top and he actually has a really good um com- combination with uh um, the green card from the planeswalker set. You know the shared forces. You everyone can search for different lands. You know I'm gonna search for one. Everyone gets to search for as many as they want, kind of thing. And then you play him. Flash them in. It's hilarious. Uh, hey, what's the, uh, there's a card that cares when you shuffle your library. Uh, uh Mag- it's a Magosi. Trickster. Trickster. Cozy's Trickster. Cozy's Trickster. Yeah. yeah, okay, so pair these two together, so. But also psychogenic uh, probe. Combo. Yeah, there you go. There's, there's, there's your sick combo of the week. That isn't all that great, but, eh, what it is. It is what it is. Uh, okay, so. Let's turn our attention now uh, to some colors that are even better than these colors we've been talking about recently, because... I think you mean drastically worse. I'm going to go with way better, because I want to talk about Domri Raid. Ugh. Look, look, you just keep your disgusted noises to yourself. I let you get through Tamiyo without me just, you know... But I didn't talk about Tamiyo very much. Yeah. Uh. All right. I like Domri. I think, I mean, he's, I, I, he's I think unique. he's interesting. Yeah, so Domri Raid... He is. Dying of fire. Uh, uh, look, am I am I gonna have to mute you? Is that what it's gonna come to? Can you do that? I I don't know actually. I've never tried. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he can. Let me see. Let's see, there's this little drop down thing right here. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I can mute him. I'm sorry. Oh, All right, I'll be, I'll be quiet for now. All right, yeah, just it, it'll be fine. Just grit your teeth. Uh, so Domri Raid, he is of course from from the plane of Ravnica. We were introduced to him in the Return to Ravnica block. Uh, he's Gruul, so uh, he is, of course, red and green. So those are great colors, or at least one of those is a great color, and the other one's, eh, it's okay, uh, but but the red is fine. So Domri Raid, from a storyline standpoint, uh, he is very young. Uh, he's basically an adolescent. Uh, he His spark ignited during his tribe's uh, like rite of passage ceremony, so uh, his his tribe had a thing called the burial, where you're kind of taken off into the woods by the shaman, and uh, he casts a pr- protective spell on you so you don't die, and then he buries you alive and leaves you there overnight. So uh, you, you can't move, you can't get out, you're left with your own thoughts, and you've got to figure out who or what you are. And Let's be real. Do they even have thoughts in Gruul? Yeah. Oh, lots of thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, eat that. Mm, kill that. Yeah, those are good thoughts. Who doesn't want to eat things and or, okay, maybe not kill things, but who doesn't want to eat things? Uh, the Gruul are a wide variety of various clans, okay? Yeah. You can't, you can't just judge them all for, because of, uh, Borborygmos. Yeah, that's a good point. There's, there's smart ones. Will. There's smart ones. Or, uh, by, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, oh, he's, he's the big guy. Uh, he's red and green. That oh, the big guy that's red and green. And yeah, green. yeah, the big yeah. guy is red and green. Yeah. He hurts opponents when they cast non-creature spells. Is that Borborygmos? No. No, no. That's um, Rurikthar. Rurikthar, that's... Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Rurikthar. That card sucks. Such great memories <laughs> of sticking a Rurikthar against the Storm player. Anyway, I'm sorry, we were talking about Domri Raid. So when last we left him, he'd been buried alive and left to his own devices. Uh, so he kind of he kind of tripped out at that point, and that's when his spark ignited. And so instead of staying buried, he planeswalked to Naya. 
And of course, being Gruel, uh, he hates cities and he, he wants the, the wilds and Naya. Yeah, it's pretty much just the wilds. So, uh, that was kind of a nice, nice change of pace for him. He was perfectly happy there. Although, like 10 minutes after being there, uh, he starts to wax poetic about home. And the more he talks about home, the more he thinks about home, and the more he thinks about home, eh, suddenly he planeswalks back. <laughs> so, uh, he was on Naya very, very briefly. Uh, and when he planeswalked back, he ended up in the city, cause again, it's Ravnica, you're kind of in the city. It's, it's hard to miss. And had to make his way back to his tribe. Uh, and of course they all flipped out because he was supposed to still be buried alive. Um, but it was okay because we learned that as far as that ceremony goes, uh, yeah, there aren't really any rules per se. Uh, I'm going to take you out and I'm going to bury you alive and then something's going to happen. Whatever that is, that's great because we're a gruel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all okay. Uh, but all of that is covered in, you know, everything that I just told you, that's like everything we know about, uh, Domri Raid. And it all comes from a two-part short story that was on the, uh, the mothership. So it's worth a read, I think. It's pretty good. Uh, but here is Domri Raid as a Planeswalker card. So for one, a red and a green. So we're at three mana, not two mana. So we didn't go to the, the very dangerous two mana territory. So it might be an okay Planeswalker. You get a three loyalty planeswalker Domri, not, not a planeswalker raid, um, with the following abilities. Plus one, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. I'd like to stress the revealing it based on recent events. Just reveal it and put it in your hand. Minus two, target creature you control fights another target creature. Now these are both good abilities. This one two punch right here. Okay, so I can, I can get dudes from the top of my library. So I get card advantage, which is a good show. You should probably be listening to, oh, you are listening to it. <laughs> you should probably convince others to listen to it. Uh, minus two, this fight ability, this is perfect. Okay, it's, it's definitely a very gruel thing to do. It's removal. It's, it's, it's interactive. I like it a lot. And then minus seven, you get an emblem with rich is going to cry. No, uh, creatures you control have Double Strike, Trample, Hexproof, and Haste. Stupid. (laughs) They they don't even have Lifelink. I don't know what your problem is. Yeah. Yeah. You can still board wipe, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're not indestructible. Wait, are they indestructible? No, they're not indestructible. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just Double Strike, Trample, Hexproof, and Haste. Just that. It's just those. Yeah, so there you go. That is your your Domri, and uh, I, I think he's a good planeswalker. Uh, he's definitely the... Is he the best three-minute... No, Liliana. Liliana. Okay. I, I was going to say, he's the best three-minute... No, he's not the best three-minute. Didn't you all rank these not too long ago? Uh, we might have, yeah. Look at me, super fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other things we might know about Domri, he does appear on two cards flavor text, but that's that's it. That's everything we know. Yeah, I really like, I've always liked Domri just cause he's, he's young. I'm not sure exactly how young, but he's not, you know, most of the other planeswalkers are adults and he's a child of some sort. Yeah, or, or even they're like, they're like Soren, they're like hundreds of years old. Yeah. Now he, he is a, he's a giant, isn't he? A uh, Domri? Yeah. No. No, he's just oh. a dude. I thought he's a giant. Or at least he's just, he's just he, majestic. I was going to say, if he is, then everybody else in his clan was a giant or no one commented on his height in the short story. Well, he's a young giant. Okay. So maybe. He's small. I don't know. I, I thought he was. I could be, I could be totally wrong. Maybe I made that up. <laughs> is it because of his, is it because like uh, his odd proportions in his art makes you think of like the Lorwyn giants? Is that what it maybe. is? Maybe. Lorwyn giants look almost comical though. Cause he is, cause he is kind of funny looking. Uh, he is uh, a bit. 
Yeah, the wiki says he's a human. Yeah, and I thought he, he was a giant for some reason. He really looks like... Okay, so uh, have you guys seen uh, Mad Max, The Road Warrior? Not, not the more recent. I haven't seen the recent one, but uh, yeah. So he he would he would fit in well with a good chunk of the cast of the Road Warrior. Yeah, he would. Yes. So there you go. That's Domri. And I think he's cool, even if Rich hates him. With a passion. Is it because he's green? That and he gives hex proof to everything. Not yeah. One thing. Everything, and it has trample and double strike and haste. Oh, what do you care? You're going to counter him anyway. Dude, turn three is not as easy to counter as it used to be. That's right. Suck it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> so what's, what's next? Uh, I don't know. What's next? Um, how about we talk about Miss Vraska? See, uh, I, can talk about, I can talk about green stuff, too, clues. The Unseen. Yeah, Vraska the Unseen. Vraska, like Domri, is also from Ravnica. She is part of the Golgari tribe, and she is a Gorgon with the Golgari tribe. And apparently, a couple of years ago, before Return to Ravnica, the Azorius, the lawmakers, decided it's illegal to be Golgari. <laughs> <laughs> and so now there's a writ was created that if you are a Golgari, you get arrested. And they decided to arrest a bunch of Golgari. And so they did, and Vraska was one of the ones arrested. How do you arrest a Gorgon? Carefully. <laughs> I don't know if they. I don't know if they have the same stipulation every time you look at them, you turn to stone. I don't know if that's how they all work, but that's kind of the deal with happened to Vraska. So she was arrested, and because it was illegal to be a Golgari, and I'm assuming you know black, Mexican, anything that Zorius didn't like, you were arrested for. Um, the prison got quite full, and there started to be more prisoners than guards. And so there started to be riots, and the Azorius guards were trying to take the Golgaris elsewhere, so they weren't part of the riot, and they weren't in the middle of that rigmarole. And so they did, but they kind of got stuck because of the riot, couldn't get moved, and the guards turned a bit mean, and they started beating a lot of the Golgari. You know, they're in shackles and chains, can't defend themselves, and they're they're beating them. And she was one of the Golgari that was just beaten which is not very nice. And so she was, they tried to save her, but as she was beaten, they were pretty bad because she was pretty much almost dead and her spark ignited and poof, she was gone. She uh, planes walked away to darkness. She didn't quite know where she was. She didn't quite understand what she did. And after two years of practicing her new abilities, she planes walked back to Ravnica and she was mad. You know, I don't understand why she'd be mad. Yeah. This sounds like she had a good life. <laughs> Except for being imprisoned and, and getting lost for two years. Yep, she had an important lesson that it was a new creed by. A person should should um, die the death they deserve. Because she was not pleased with the things that happened. So she began getting followers and people to work for and her quest for an Azorius quest for justice. Her justice was just for people who deserve to die, and that's what her new goal was. Her goal was to kill a lot of people that caused her and others pain. So, let me say, here my browser closed for some reason. Mm. Mm. So I, I thought the lesson that Vraska was going to take away from this, though, was never trust the Azorius. And I think that's good advice. It's a good, well, don't trust any other guild, I think. That's pretty good advice. 
Um, and for her, she had, you know, a lot, a lot of followers for her and they, a lot of them died in her name and a lot of things happened and that people died. She killed people or she had people kill people, hence her alt. And so she wanted justice, but she had a special, special place for the Azorius, real special place in her heart for them die, to die horrible, horrible deaths. Um, so she would kind of be, like, people didn't actually know she existed, kind of like the Demir, like you don't talk about the Demir, like Fight Club, like except she was a very shadow that people like, does she exist? Or like kind of like a ghost story you tell people, like, oh, Vraska will get you. Because no one really knew she existed. But you then, know, then, but uh, the, to add on to that, there there were some Gorgons in the original Ravnica, and I think at that time, like they were, uh, is it Sid, no, not Sidisi. Uh, but they, they were called the last Gorgons because they didn't think there were any others and then it turns out, turns out they were wrong. Cause it wasn't even just Vraska, there were others too. I don't know, it was weird. Sorry, carry on. So she, uh, she really stayed kind of below radar, like didn't want a lot of people knowing what was going on. She only kind of surfaced or took interest in things that were interesting to her. So she kind of cherry picked her missions as she called them for, for politics and stuff, so. She wasn't really Golgari anymore. She was just really there to give people what was coming to them. And so she eventually, so she made sure her victims died swiftly um, under city. Um, and after she finished her, her mission, she was gone. She was done. But because she had such a darn hatred for the Azorius, she targeted someone who she aligned to the Azorius. Jace. Yeah, get that guy. She didn't like him. She uh, associated with him with uh, the Zorius, and you know he was the Gil Pack. She didn't like that because he had being she was part of a guild. I think she had some sort of power over him. So she was working with people to cast a spell on him, but she ended up having to confront Jace, which ended up revealing her, and she was unable to take him down. But in doing so, she was revealed that she does exist. She is alive, and people know who she is and kind of what she's done. So now she's kind of out in the open, you know, after so many years of hiding behind the shadows of killing a lot of people. And that's Vraska. All right. Well, can you tell us about Vraska's Planeswalker card? I would love to tell you about her Planeswalker card because it is one of my favorites. Outside of that, it's green. Ugh, green. Um, She um, is three green-black for enters five loyalty and she defends herself in an odd way. Um, plus one until your next turn, whenever a creature deals combat damage to Vraska, the unseen destroy that creature. So there's, there's that because <laughs> people don't want to swing into her because she's mean. and minus three, which is she's used for the most destroy target non land permanent. She is one of the few planeswalkers that can kill Nicobolas. Just straight up. And then her minus seven is put three one one black assassin creature tokens onto the battlefield with whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Yeah. I just oh. I wish they had death touch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's all that's all I I don't think that'd have been unreasonable. No. You're right. I think they they should have gave a little bit something more. But she was also printed the same time Rogue's Passage was a thing. Okay. That that was always funny. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that's Braska. I think she's a great card. Um, her pretty much pay five mana to destroy anything that's not a land is always fun. So. Yeah, it's not just that. It's destroy anything and 
either soak up some damage or another card. Yeah, I mean she, yeah, she's she still gets, alive after she does it. Yep, there's so she get, there's a, you get a lot of value out of her, mm-hmm. and her plus one people really think twice before they ever swing into her, because if you do play her in a plus one, she's at six. You have to deal six damage to kill her, and that could that's more likely more than one creature, which is death to more than one creature. So I think she's lots of fun. I think her story is really interesting. Yeah, I'm just. I hope they they take that a little further. Yeah, I'd like to see more cards of her, more of her, more of her in storylines. I I really enjoy, I liked her story. Um, the, yeah. the, so did her story play out in short stories on the mothership? Yeah. Um, part she had a short story on the mothership, mm-hmm. and I think the other part of it kind of played out with um, the dual decks. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, the other one I wanted to talk about for me was Ashiok. Ashiok is cool because Ashiok is Ashiok. <laughs> no, either she, it's an embodiment. No one even know. No one knows what Ashiok is. Well, Ashiok might know, but Ashiok's not not telling. No, Ashiok is. A lot of it's hurt, it's magic and powers that deal with come from dreams and nightmare because Ashok is the nightmare weaver. That is what she is. Or I always call her she because that's very feminine body, but Ashok. Uh, to me, it looks definitely masculine, so I always say he. That's interesting. That's fair. We yeah. just don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say because I mean we only see the lower half of Batman's face, so. <laughs> Um, so I think there's something with, you know, how Ashiok's magic works, you know, cl- clearly because Ashiok doesn't have a face. There's smoke that emits from, like, looks like horns. Very interesting. Um, but, yeah, with the ability to dwell into people's dreams and control and manipulate their nightmares and make their nightmares real, that's where Ashiok's power comes from. And Ashiok kind of travels the multiverse trying to find the most powerful dreams. And Ashiok, or nightmares, I should say, you create powerful nightmares. So she went to Theros because she found that Theros, the dreams are more powerful; they're more potent in Theros, most likely because of the way the world evolves revolves around with Nyx and whatnot, which is, I believe, Nyx is their dream, a dream world. Yeah. Uh, so basically, well, all yeah. Of the, all of the gods in Theros are uh, sprang from the belief of the mortals living there. And like traditional, um, and, and like traditional, uh, Greco-Roman mythology and a lot of, just a lot of mythology from that region, um, the gods speak to people through dreams and visions. Yeah. Which is a lot where Theros came from. And so because of that, the dreams were so much more potent on Theros. So that's what drove Ashiok there. And she, I mean, what part of what Ashiok wanted was to be, I mean, the, the nightmare of a god would figure to be one of the most powerful things that Ashiok could control. Mm-hmm. And so she did some stuff. Um, she partnered with um, Phoenix, the god of deceit and lies, because they share colors, so that's cool. Um, so she, I mean, she did some stuff. She wasn't very nice. Uh, she wanted to kill Afara of my phone. Is that, what, is that right? Uh, maybe? Uh, Probably. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. We actually did talk about Ashok in the Theros episode. I, I We did, yeah. I got nightmare weaved to forget. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> oh, oh no. Well, she she manipulated the dreams of the city, which created a do- a god. Yeah. 
a city guy. Which, yeah, city guy, which Afara killed because she's the god of polises. There ain't god of cities, too. <laughs> she probably had a good, you know, sh- shook her head, snapped her fingers, too. Um, so, but Ashiok has a goal, has a grand scheme. Ashiok wants to put the, all of Theros in internal slumber so that she can control never-ending nightmares. Harvest them forever because they would fuel her power that she could go to other planes and take, or Ashiok could go to other planes and use the power, the nightmares harvesting from Theros in its eternal slumber. Hey, you want to know what this plan reminds me of? Yes. So, CJ, I know this one will be right up your alley, but you know the cartoon, The Real Ghostbusters? <laughs> the one with the ape or the other one? No, no, no. That was, that was Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. The I, Real I, Ghostbusters. I get confused. Yeah. The, yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's an episode with, with Sandman who's trying to put everyone in the world to sleep so that he can uh, essentially just live in a world of nothing but dreams. I don't remember that. I, oh, how can you not remember that one? Oh, that's it's a, been a long time. That's a great episode because the way they defeat it, because each of the each of the uh, the Ghostbusters gets put to sleep one by one, but uh, the the plan that's come up with at the end is that when Janine gets knocked out, she dreams that she's a Ghostbuster, and she takes out Sandman because all of their dreams are becoming manifest. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it's a spectacular episode. It's one of my favorites of the 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 real Ghostbusters cartoons. So. Everyone oh, should check that out. Ashiok also did um did Phoenix a solid. <laughs> she um or God I need to stop calling it. She, Ashiok it. Well. Uh, <laughs> they. You can't say it either. You have to yeah, just say Ashiok. Right. This is so hard to talk about. Ashiok. Or, or you get the email. Ashiok posed as an advisor to a king of one of the cities, um, Iritus, um, to form an alliance with the Leonin. And decided, okay, they're gonna meet. They're gonna have a peace treaty. They're gonna be homies. Now let's create some abo- nightmare abominations to kill both. <laughs> and created a war between the two cities so that Phoenix can have his motion, a plan go into motion to create a necropolis for the returned. So Ashiok is kind of very give and take with, I'll do this for you if you do this for me so they can, eventually so you can put the entire world of Theros asleep. Because she, uh, from what another thing, it seems like she can control powerful magic users in their sleep. Mm-hmm. So not only does she get their nightmares to wield later, she gets their she controls them during their sleep as pretty much puppets. So Ashok's got a lot of things coming for Theros, which I mean, Ashok could end up being like a, a very powerful villain, like Nicobolus, if they're able to do this Theros, what she what it Ashok wants. <laughs> So what about Ashiok's card? How is how is all of this terrible, terrible power reflected in, in paper? In glory clues. Glory. This is after this is definitely one of my favorite planeswalkers. And hers reason reason number one, it's one blue and black. Right there, it's all me. With three loyalty, um as a plus two, so that raises it to five. Exile top three cards of target opponent's library. Oh, that feels so good. <laughs> uh, minus X, put a creature card with converted mana cost. X, exile with Ashiax, Nightmare Weavers, um, onto the battlefield under your control. That creature is a nightmare in addition to its other types. You know, so, for, that, you don't, for that nightmare tribal from Onslaught or whatever. You don't need to play creatures. You just take your opponent's. What if they're playing a control deck too? How do you deal with that? Well, that's, you deal with her with her alt. 
Um, it's minus ten. Exile all cards from opponents' hands and graveyards. Just yep, you got nothing to work with. Work from the yeah. top that I'm now one, exiling. One thing I don't think people realize all the time is is you can then I mean if you have a ton of counters on her, you can then minus to get those things you just exiled with her ultimate. Yeah, exactly. Like, a, lot over, a lot of people over a lot of people overlook that. They do. Because right, I had a really long game with Ashiok once, and um, I got her the ult off a couple times. And I just, everything I exiled with Ashiok, I would put under Ashiok. Ashiok was pretty much sitting on a deck. <laughs> <laughs> the, the opponent's like, I, I can beat her. I'm like, ah, or uh, beat Ashiok. I'm like, I don't think you can. Yeah, Ashiok does kind of run away with things. So it's it's an awesome card. It fits very heavily into my play style. I think its lore is very cool. Um, I definitely would like to see them do a lot more with this character. I think there's a lot of room to go with. I think the theme of the card. There's a lot they could do with that theme. So so and I don't know if you've read this stuff, but Mark Rosewater has talked about like in Ashiok's initial like way early design. Uh, they basically wanted someone to be the anti-Jace, you know, kind of like how you have a Bizarro Superman, um, someone who's just the opposite of Jace. So comparable powers. Uh, now, Ashiok kind of got away from that a little bit, but that was like one of the the original ideas there. Well, um, Jace is a tel- he's a telepath who steals and changes memories on people. I mean, she's stealing their nightmares and manipulating yeah. them. So I mean, it's. Not not as hard drastically changed, but it's similar. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so uh, as we as we wrap up our discussion of Ashiok, I just want to be clear: some pronouns might have gotten thrown around. <laughs> this happens. It's 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 habit. We apologize for that. Ashiok is Ashiok. In fact, Mark Rosewater himself was directly asked, "What is Ashiok's gender?" And the official answer to that question is unknown. So. There you go. I mean, I see Ashok as a being that has tr- that transcended its Ashok's original body form power. Yes, I think that's probably fair. It, it's 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 probably similar to the Chainmail. Found some way of using this thing, this power, and it sacrificed who, who Ashok was to be Ashok now. Hmm. What if what if the Ashiok we see now is the original Ashiok's nightmare? What? Ashiok Inception. And the Ashiok stole the original Ashiok's spark. Yes. I like it, clues. I like that. I like where your head's at. <laughs> All right, I am available for consultation, Watsy. If you'd like more crazy ideas, I'm chock full of them. Quite frankly. Yeah. So. Alright, how about, how about you, Mike? You've been quiet for a bit. Yeah, I have. Um, partly because I <laughs> wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. I, I, I had an unclear idea of what, um, you guys meant by lesser known planeswalkers at the beginning, and I started like heading down the path of what you would probably call more like, uh, obscure or you just made that up to screw with me, Planeswalkers. <laughs> and we will do that show, I promise. Yeah. But that's not today. Right. So I had to backtrack <laughs> and, and do some and do some um, refresh refresh reading while you guys were talking. Uh, I would like to talk about um, Kiora. 
I still awesome. often I still often call her Kiora Atua because that was how she was first introduced. But officially, that's not her name anymore. Um, well, yeah, the didn't At- they retcon it? Oh, because Atua meant something in another language. Right. Yeah. It ended up being an unintentional reference to a real world religion, which they don't like having in the magic uh, lore. Yeah, so we, we kind of did some references to that kind of stuff early on in Magic's history, and that did not go well. Not at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, Kiora, she's, uh, she's a merfolk, and she's native to Zendikar. And you can tell, uh, by the, by the fins on her arms and her legs, and if, if, if you look at, uh, the art design for merfolk from Zendikar, you can see all those sim- similarities. Kiora, Loves sea monsters. Loves, loves, loves sea monsters. Think Sarkon, except I was gonna say. Uh, that makes think, sense. Think, think, think Sarkon, except with sea monsters instead of dragons, um, krakens, leviathans, giant serpents, everything. Uh, like Sarkon, she feels the same sense of awe about their raw power and especially their uh, longevity. You know, because these leviathans can get to be you know thousands of years old. Sitting down there with no one, th- no one around to bother them or eat them because they are eating everything else that comes along the way. Uh, and because of her association with these strange, mysterious creatures, she has these really bizarre uh, dreams that help guide her across the multiverse. The reason she planeswalks to different places is because she's going around gathering up the most powerful creatures she can find to take back to Zendikar to help fight the Eldrazi threat. So she's kind of like Gideon, except he's looking for people and she's looking for monsters. Yes. I think her way's better. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think so too. I mean, because Gideon, has he even gotten anyone? I feel like he keeps showing up and everyone's like, ah, I'm busy, dude. Kind of. It well, feels Gideon's, like that. Gideon's it's the like, kind of guy to do everything himself anyway, so he's just going to yeah. end up doing that. Well, it's kind of like, hey, you want to help me kill the Eldrazi? Big and speakable monsters destroy planes, right? Yeah. I gotta move, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a thing in, in the oven. There's, Birth, there's a birthday coming up, so don't think I'm gonna make it. Yeah, work's real busy this month, so. I'm, I'm washing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Um, so she's going around looking for giant monsters to go save Zendikar. Presumably she'll be back uh, in the fall. And Hopefully. Yeah. She happened to appear on Theros. And she started looking around, and that's when she drew the attention of the, the native merfolk who were living there, who started to believe she was Thassa, uh, the, the god of the sea on Theros. And Kiora thought that was pretty cool. Thassa <laughs> did not appreciate that. So, um... Kiora was also in this constant state of, you know, trying to stay one step ahead of Thassa, not getting caught and, you know, flattened by this godlike being on the plane that she was intruding on. Um, Kiora had a, a bit of a part in the Theros storyline. When Ajani and Elspeth were trying to find a way to get into Nyx, uh, Kiora was pretending to be some legendary uh, navigator who apparently had sailed into Nyx before. So she said, yeah, sure, I can help you. She led them somewhere else to try to trick them into helping her take this enormous kraken, you know, so big that a, a, a city had been built on its back while it was, you know, just kind of lying there. But Thassa ended up intervening 
and sending uh, Elspeth and Johnny on their way. And I'm not really clear on what happened next or even if it was really explained anywhere. Thassa and, uh, and Kiora? Yeah, between Thassa and Yeah, I, I think it was left with them having a big old fight and then we don't know. Okay, that makes I'm sense. I'm going to assume Thassa did not kill Kiora and Kiora did not kill Thassa. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's, I, I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. But yeah, Kiora is... Uh, I always thought Kiora was really interesting. Even when she was first, um, when she was first introduced in one of the duels of the Planeswalkers games, I, along with many, many other people, were just waiting, waiting, waiting to see when her Planeswalker card was going to show up. Because she was a really neat character, and her deck in Duels of the Planeswalkers was so awesome. Yeah, so, I really like that one, too. Had Eldrazi in it. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and so then when her card finally showed up, uh, it was also awesome. And I'll go ahead yeah. and read that. So, Kiora the Crashing Wave. It's Planeswalker Kiora. Costs two, uh, blue and green. And she starts at two loyalty. Oh. Yeah. It's, that, that's touchy. But her abilities are pretty powerful. So, you'll understand why she only starts at two for costing four. So, plus one. Until your next turn, prevent all damage that would be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and opponent controls. <laughs> that's useful. That's very useful for stalling for time and protecting us. I, I can't tell you how many times I said that mountain doesn't deal damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like uh, being able to pick Mutavolt was very very helpful. Um, her second ability, which is which is just wow, minus one, draw a card. You may play an additional land this turn. Oh, explore. Mm-hmm. Except it's reverse of explore, right? Because you draw the card first. Uh, yeah. Doesn't well, really matter, said, but, you know. Yeah, I guess it important I guess distinction. It, <laughs> I, guess it I guess you're right, it doesn't matter. Uh, and then, minus five. This is her ultimate. You get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, put a 9-9 blue Kraken creature token onto the battlefield. There is so no, you even get I, the, I, you even get the benefit right away, since it happens, you know, at the end of this current turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've tried. I've 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 altered her. I've tried to fight their alt. I've never been able to beat it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can't even imagine how you would. Yeah, the only it, time someone beat me when I got the ultimate was because they went over my head with a Grey Merchant of Asphodel, mm. which you know that's just what Grey Merchant does. So I wasn't yeah. surprised. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, it's just I mean so much. Is just you can't win. There's no attrition war. You could win with that. Just, yeah. No. <laughs> Besides, maybe if you board wipe and happen to have Soren's alt, there you use Soren's alt. That's like the, that's like they have to counteract each other. That's like it. <laughs> yeah, I used to play her in standard, um, in a Maze's End deck, and all three of her abilities were extremely, extremely useful. I played her in a couple standard decks, and I uh, had a Bant deck, mm-hmm. so pretty much Bant Planeswalkers, and she won a lot of games all on her own. Yep. Just being being able to turn off certain cards like that, like you you don't deal damage, that's that's just huge. Or even being able to turn let your one of your creatures just block forever. Mm-hmm. It, that was huge. Do we know Hermione. what actually ignited her spark? Um, I don't I, know. I, that that wasn't really made clear to me in the yeah because I, I, I don't know either. I don't think we do because from what it sounds like she's. 
already kind of been planes walking for a while. Even the Fat Pack book doesn't talk about her how her spark ignited. Hmm. It's just saying she's looking for stuff to battle the Eldrazi. Interesting. And that she pissed off Thassa. Because, hmm. you know, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for one of us to make that joke, because we were all thinking it. Yeah. And she did, and see how it worked out for her. She that worked out fine. I, she didn't she die. I, just, I just imagine that as a fight, whereas, because I always thought the planeswalkers were probably at least as powerful, if not more powerful, than the gods. I think so, and too. That Thassa couldn't kill Kiora. Just can't. She doesn't have, she's not strong enough to. But no matter what Kiora does, she can't kill Thassa because only a few things could kill a god. Yeah. She's well, that, so it's kind of like just a stalemate. Like we can't kill each other. There's nothing to do. Well, well I mean, tell that to Elspeth. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Helia did kill Elspeth. Yeah, but and did he kind of blindside her though? He did. Yeah, he did. So it's it's just sure. not impossible. And and Elspeth had to have um, the god send in order to kill Xenagos. Right. Who was both a planeswalker and a god. So I guess that made him extra dangerous. I'd imagine so. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I, this is that's just how I picture that fight going. Like they're sitting there casting spells and doing their things for a while, and just kind of like getting nowhere. And they're just like, "What do we do?" <laughs> like Thassa's frustrated because she can't kill her, and Fiora's frustrated because she nothing she can do can kill Thassa mm-hmm. with, without because isn't God send the only thing that could kill a god? And yeah, no god and, kill god. And you also had to go to Nyx to do it because the gods don't yeah. really exist on Theros; they're in Nyx. So, yeah, and they can pr- project themselves into into the waking world on Theros if they want yeah. to. Yeah, so I mean, it's just uh, that's just how I picture that fight going. It's like we're not going to do anything. Let's just kind of part ways and be done with it. I don't. Know. I, th- I always thought Kira had a cool story. Yeah, and, and I, I, I mean, I we might see more for her in the next set, which is would be really cool. I think it would be, and I did like her original artwork on uh, the Crashing Wave. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. I like, for like Vraska, I like Vraska's original art versus her dual deck art. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Her, I thought her dual deck art was trash. Most, most dual deck art, most dual ah. deck foil art is. I don't know. I like Tibble, I thought Tibbles and Swords were both pretty good. Yeah, Tibbles oh, yeah, they were fine. <laughs> and, and we come full circle. Wait, what? Tibbly Dibbly. Tibbly Dibbly. Tibbly Dibbly. Good old Tybalt. All right. Uh, any other uh, relatively, not obscure, but relatively unknown planeswalkers <laughs> we want to bring up? Now, again, don't get me wrong, Mike. We're going to do that show. Which Warsel. is here, here are planeswalkers you've never heard of. And well, we got Koth. I mean, we kind of talked about what's going on with Koth, but, I mean, he's he's fighting the good fight on Mirrodin. Yep. Um, he almost killed himself with a ratchet bomb. You know, like you do. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I have well, was, killed myself. Because it was him and Elspeth, they were fighting together, and like it was going south real fast, and Koth tried to save Elspeth, and he said, you know, set up, was getting ready to set up, would, was assume the ratchet bomb, it's a bomb. They didn't specify, but everyone assumed it's a ratchet bomb. And then he forced Elspeth to planeswalk away by trying to kill her, hoping she would get away. Again, like you do. Yeah. So and she happens. did. And then some, it's, remember, because the guys of Planeswalker said, somehow Koth survived. And he's back in the furnace. Which is where Koth wants to be. 
mean, they 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 say he's human, but I guess the Volshock are human on yeah the Mirrodin, even yeah, though they're yeah. kind of like kind of like rock people. But well, uh, all everyone who is native to Mirrodin eventually has metal start to fuse with them. Yeah, Malir uh, is the only one who doesn't. Yeah, Tezra must feel right at home. Yeah. Uh, do we know anything about his early life? Do, like, do we know when his spy, spark ignited? Uh, I think it was fighting the Phyrexians. And he planes walked away, and I think, cause I believe his spark ignited was very similar to the Venzer versus Koth storyline. Mm-hmm. Whereas his spark ignited away from, he, he planes walked away from Mirrodin and didn't know what was going on. He kind of figured it out and he found Venzer, and he says, hey, you need to come with me, I'm telling you. And Venger's like, no. And so they fought. <laughs> but I, bu- I believe it was during that he plans to walk away when he was in trouble from the Phyrexians, I believe. Not mm-hmm. 100% positive on that. But I think he was about to die from the Phyrexians and whew, gone. Which, yeah, that's... He, he, he ended up, um, he ended up on Dominaria somehow. And, uh, he met Elspeth in a gladiatorial pit in Urborg. Yeah, but that, that was him looking for help against the Phyrexians. That wasn't. Uh, I, think I don't think that was. I don't think that was. I thought. I, don't that, know. I, thought, I thought that was his first planes walking away, and he decided to find help. Clues That's what your I fault for going off show notes. You should yeah, I know. Sorry, you shouldn't yeah, have I, done it. Now, now we're just guessing. Yeah, and I feel like that we're essentially just describing Elspeth's backstory too. Because didn't she planeswalk away from Phyrexians and yeah. she, and she ended up in the gladiatorial pits on Urborg? Well, she, so no, Koth she went, is the Bizarro Elspeth. She went to Theros first and a bunch of other stuff, but she did eventually end up there because. All right, all right I got destroyed. I got the answer. His planeswalker <laughs> spark ignited when the tribes of his once pe- peaceful people fell into open war for the first time in generations. Hmm. The metal they had traditionally mined from the mountains of Oxidia became strangely corrupted. The ignits forged by the anvil turned the brittle and inconsistent. Each tribe blamed the others for the weakness of their sacred ore, and old hatreds began to redeem. Koth believed he could he could use ability, his ability to purify the ore. With Koth's help, the solidity of the metals was restored and the skirmishes stopped. So he's, it was in war, with his, a civil war between his people. Hmm. Boom. Yeah, I remember that now. So Cause the the hammer that's his that's his tribe. Yeah, yep. obviously. <laughs> yep. And I think they like switch out who does what tasks every generation or something. Yeah, I guess what I like about I like two things about Koth. One, Koth is red. Two, Koth hates the Phyrexians. So mm-hmm. you and Koth, you just you're right there. I was there gonna together. say, I, I guess I'm saying that Koth and I are BFF. Sounds about right. That's what I'm saying. And I, you know, we have gone off show notes, but we could talk about Koth's card while we're here. Love Koth's card. Cause why not? So, uh, Koth the Planeswalker is Koth of the Hammer, not Koth the Hammer. That of is, is indicative of his tribe. He's not, he's not Hammer himself. He's of the Hammer. Uh, he costs two red red, total of four mana, gets you a three loyalty Planeswalker with the following abilities. Plus one. Untap target mountain. It becomes a 4-4 red elemental creature until end of turn. It's still a land. So that's good. Uh, careful if you just played that mountain because it will be 
subject to summoning sickness. Uh, my, you can still tap it, untap it, though. Yeah, you can still just use it to untap it so that you can, like, lightning bolt, which I recommend, actually, now that you mention it. Uh, no, actually, now that it's become a creature, you can't tap it. Well, you right. have the, you'll have the bolt man up during your opponent's turn. Yeah. Uh, no. No, it has no, summoning sickness. Yeah, it still has some, it's, it's like if you play a, uh... It only, it's only a creature till the end of the turn. Oh, yes, you're right. See, yeah, I remember this is not Nissa's. Yeah, and this is not yeah. like playing an Arbor Dryad. Yeah. Okay, minus two. <laughs> add red to your mana pool for each mountain you control. Which, while it seems like it, is not a mana ability. I repeat, that is not a mana ability. And minus five, you get an emblem with mountains you control have tap. This land deals one damage to target creature or player. <laughs> free gut shots across the board. Yep. <laughs> gut shots already free. <laughs> no, we got to pay two life. Got to pay two life. Nothing's nothing. free. So there you go, Koth. I always put this out there. If they ever put Koth in a movie, you know who needs to play him? No idea. The Rock. I could see that from his original, his his, his original, his his original art looks like The Rock. Huh. Alright, well there we go. Dude, the, the German printing of Koth, the name is Koth vom Hammerclan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I need one of those. Oh, that is great. German singles are expensive. Why is that? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. My guess would be low print runs. But I I don't know. Uh, they also tend to be fairly popular because they sound cool, like Hoss yeah, von Hammerclan. <laughs> I so I think that um, I'd like to see another printing of Koth. Maybe something that's not so mountain dependent. What, but he's that's that's his thing. It's what he does. I get that, but I'm just saying. I mean, give him a little more um, niche, less of a niche u- of use. Mm. I don't know. I think he should stay red. Lots of red. All the red with mountains. Also, mountains. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. All right, well, I think that that is probably enough Planeswalkers that we don't have enough information on for one day. Hmm. Um, like I said, coming soon, we will definitely hit the, uh, the, the, the big five, some of whom we've hit before, but we'll, we'll try and uh, recap them all in one show. Yeah, like apparently Gideon is from Theros now. It's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, that was what? Tr- that yeah, that yeah. was true last time we spoke about. <laughs> yeah. About He's just out of nowhere. Okay, fine, whatever. You guys, I guess it's your story. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what? It, it really kind of feels like when when somebody you're you're over playing with somebody at their house and uh, they're losing and they just change the rules of the game so they're not yeah. losing. That's what that really feels like. <laughs> just. Yep. 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 Nothing that's ever explained his magic <laughs> makes any sense with that. Yeah, nothing about him in Theros. Yep. Yep. That's how that happened. All right. <laughs> so there's a little spoiler for the future. Yeah, so chew on that. Uh, but if you folks at home have uh, flavor ideas you'd like to get to us, you can give us feedback about this sort of thing. So if you have something and flavor-wise... You want us to, to get involved with or to hear more about, uh, let us know. Send us an email. Uh, we are mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com and just put flavor cast, all one word in the subject line 
uh, somewhere. Doesn't have to be the only thing in the subject line, but somewhere in there. And uh, tell us, tell us what you want to want us to cover, what you want us to talk about, and we will get to it eventually, probably, maybe. No promises. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I might. I don't know. Yeah, it depends. I'm very busy. I have a bi-weekly podcast, you know. Yeah, that's true. It takes, it takes up a lot of time to do something every other week. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then there's all that judging on top of it, you know. <sighs> there's some judging on top of it now and then, maybe. Yes. And the cats. Don't forget the cats. The cats take up plenty of time. Yes. Yeah, that is true. Any any of the cats with you right now? No, you would hear them. Okay, that's. Which is why they're not with me. I see. Yeah. Well, I miss the cats. I miss them too. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for being here. Uh, so tell me, CJ, have you got anything else you would like to plug before we let you go? Well, you can always find me at JudgeCast, which you can email us at JudgeCast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash JudgeCast or like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash JudgeCast or go on our Tumblr at JudgeCast.tumblr.com. Is there actually anything on the Tumblr? Uh, actually, it automatically posts new shows now. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> so that's, that's cool. something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, beyond that, no, we're not going to use that. Okay, that's fair. And apparently, on the last episode, I wasn't on it because I was ill, but apparently, um, we have a Judge uh, Tinder coming. <laughs> that's what they said, I don't know. That is what they said, but I judge think... Judge Cast Tinder. I think later, the official Judge Cast Twitter account said that was not true, that they were not doing that, so... Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, how about you, Mike? Anything you would like to plug? Uh, the Mana Pool is a weekly podcast I'm one of the hosts of. Chewy, the main host of Money Night Magic, is also the main host of The Mana Pool. You can find us at themanapool.com, Twitter, at The Mana Pool, Facebook, just search for The Mana the Pool. Pool. Um, email us, dorks, at themanapool.com. Uh, we have a Google we have an extraneous Google Plus page. <laughs> Doesn't everybody have, have an Google extraneous Plus Google Plus page? Yeah, and anyone with a Google anything has an extraneous Google Plus page. Um, there's uh, there's a YouTube channel, the Manipool Tube. That's the name of the channel. Um, yes, that's that's what we do. Most of all, that is Chewy doing stuff. Um, yeah, most most Chewy makes nearly. All the content. Well, 99.99% of the content is chewy. Uh, and then the rest of us guys help on the podcast. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you both for joining us. Uh, in addition to our email, there are other ways to get in touch with us. Uh, we can be found on the Twitters. We are at Card Advantage. You can find us at our website, which is CardAdvantageCast.com. And, of course, if you want to reach me directly, a great way to do that is, of course, Twitter. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. I'm at MindMage, spelled like in the show notes. Yeah, it's all going to be in the show notes. All this stuff's going to be in the show notes that no one will read ever. Uh, you can also often find me over at Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina. It's a great shop. You should check it out. And, no, you were not going to get through an entire episode without that. So... Uh, there it is. Support your local game store. Without them, this game does not thrive and survive. So that's my words of wisdom for this week. So thank you again, everybody, for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the flavor. And thank you all very much for listening. And we will see you all next time.
except again, we never see them. I feel bad about that. Dumber's dumb. Dumber's dumb. That's the, sh- the parting shot. That's the stinger clues. Dumber's dumb. Yeah, but he's not. But he is. Did you read his story? Dumber's quite intelligent. Yeah. 